September 16th, 2017, and prepare for Headset Nick. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Headset Nick, and welcome back to Bottle Crow. This week, I'm reporting live uh, from not Bottle Crow East headquarters, which is normally in Philadelphia, but uh, down in Maryland in our, our field office. Now, I mentioned this up front because sometimes I listen to podcasts and like one person's like out of town and like Skyping in. And they just or don't even something. say anything. <laughs> or they say it like half an hour in and right? I spend the first half an hour just being like, What the fuck is it's going like, wait, on? Have I have I been is this what it normally sounds like and I've always smoothed it out? Yep, I just had that happen to me. <laughs> and yeah. there's like a little footnote, like, Oh yeah, we couldn't fix the audio for this first part. Yeah, no. Nick is not using his normal microphone, but it should be fine. It should sound okay. So It's just it's authentic. Yeah. We got the lo-fi vibe going on. Yes, indeed. And speaking of the lo-fi vibe, uh I'm I'm feeling pretty l- low about Listen, it's a hard time to be a Dota player, okay? It's it's the it's after TI right slump. We got I mean, thank goodness we have one actual topic to talk about today. But boy, boy, it's been yeah. slow. It's been slow. It's uh, I have played uh, a decent number of matches. I played seven matches in the last the last week since the last time you recorded, which is not you know that's that's decent. That's pretty good. Um, for me, but like, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like the meta is we've we've figured out the problem with this meta, right? Mm-hmm. I think the problems are these. First off. Necrophos. We've talked about Necrophos. <laughs> yes, yes. Necrophos is a problem. Um, but I feel like there's also a problem of high grounding is too hard right now. Yeah. And not just it's too hard, but it's too easy for a match to be lost because somebody tried to high ground and couldn't, and then the gold swing or whatever is too hard. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about a particular game that happened to us. I think that's just a I thing. mean, that's that's been so many games. That's the hardest thing yeah. for me right now. Yeah, and you know, I think high, high grounding should be hard, but it should be... It should be a little easier, you yeah. know? It could it could stand to be a little easier. It's like, okay, it we have this have huge, massive it, lead. What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll go farm the map because our draft doesn't let us high ground. Yeah. Anyway, we're just... We're just bored. Yeah. It's we're there. just bored, and, and the, the problems are feeling bigger and bigger, you know, because of just, like, the natural result of, of all this time. Each game just keeps stuff. getting more... More like the last, basically. Which, mm-hmm. maybe, I've been playing techies more, which draw your own conclusions about how I feel about the current meta. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. great. Like, we're in a, we're a great position, but I've started to play, started to want to play techies more, so. Yeah. Yeah. He's fun. I want to, like, play him as, like, a lane pusher support guy. Hmm. He's super strong. You don't have to play him the crazy passive way, I don't think. I agree. I agree, and I want to see. I want to see some people actually try to do, yeah, more stuff with him because it feels like people only ever do the one thing, yeah. you know. And then where that doesn't work, they're like, "Well, Techies is garbage right now." Like, garbage. Oh, not really. Everybody reports really me trying. instantly. You know, that's fine. That's fine. I don't know. I'm looking at my last games. I've lost. Uh, of the last six games, I lost four of the last six, and um, I've had like a couple of stomps. But I feel like a lot of those were just like, yeah, like, oh, tried to high ground and our lead was was not in fact real. Yeah. <laughs> well, we couldn't it, high ground. It was for everything else besides high grounding. 
but high ground's all that matters. Yeah. So, like, you can have all the lead in the world, but if you can't fucking take take the lanes, then you're done. Yeah, I've so. had a lot of over hour long games recently too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there's this one I wanted to mention. Uh, during Hurricane Irma, which is now past, that was you know hitting the East Coast here. There was this one game we played went to like 75 minutes. It was just me solo queuing, I think. We had some guy in Florida playing a troll, maybe. I can't remember. He's like, guys, hurry up. We, we got to play before Irma kills my power. And then we had to like pause for five minutes. He's like, oh, I don't know. It's coming. It's getting bad out there. And that was an, an especially fun game. I think one of the, the disruptors' name was Crow, too. So that's especially relevant to the podcast. <laughs> it was It was interesting. But excellent, I haven't excellent. I haven't played too much Dota. I've been out of town, you know, doing all sorts of research, as we'll we'll get into later. Sure, sure. And haven't played much Dota. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, we'll get into the news in a minute. But I want to quickly get out of the way uh, a new segment, which will not have music because I'm not gonna make more work for myself. Um, and we're calling this on blast the shame section. You just put in the techies sound here. Here, here wait, I'll give you a nice silence, and here you go. What a great what techie the, soundtrack sound bite. What is the what is the techie sound? I there just like any, I don't any know. random techie sound file? Yeah, put in the little mine sound effect. Cut out all this bullshit. Just put in the mine sound Here's effect. Good little mine. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. So normally I'm 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 gonna be this this section hopefully won't get used very much because we don't like to be mean and negative on this podcast. Oh, we like to do it far more indirectly. But, it's more fun that way. Right. But I've fucking warned you assholes. So here we go. We're going to talk about a 50-50. And of course, that's, you know, instead of a Y, it's the double capital E for eternal envy, of course, right? That's what we're all familiar with. So this is a 50-50, a Twitch clipped from Envy's Twitch. The title is 50-50, Envy Fails, Aegis Snatch, and Rage Quits, slash... Envy's Roche gets stolen by Batrider. It was clipped by Clear Sky TV. It's all one word. You can find this person and harass them for being an idiot. Because when I had my little tirade a couple of episodes ago about how 50, like so many 50-50s are garbage, this is exactly what I'm talking about. How, this how is far one down of the worst I've ever seen. on uh, r/dota 2 was this? Like, were you digging deep, or was it you just came across? Oh, I, no, I wasn't even R slash Dota 2. I was going straight to the source. I was oh, going geez, through wow. Twitch's clip sections. Listen, Damn. I'm serious about my research. No, that's good. Um, that's what the people want. And so this 50-50, obviously the premise is either that Envy is going to try and do an Aegis Snatch and screw it up and rage quit, or that he's going to be doing Roche, and then the enemy Batrider will snag the Aegis from him. Right? Which seem like polar... Just fundamentally opposite things. Fundamentally opposite. And both the preview image and the very first frame of the clip make it obvious that Envy and his team are doing Roshan, so you immediately know that the first one is not possible, that Envy is not going to try an Aegis Snatch because he's the one doing Roshan. Yep. So there is no 50-50 here. There is no 50... Like, there's no chance here. It's like you're guessing what the clip is if you just saw the title. But... There's no suspense, there's no build-up, there's, there's no payoff, even. It's just like, oh, look at this. Envy's gonna fail. Oh, look, look they, they snatched his Aegis. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, boy. There's no clever subversion of the title or anything. It's just, 
It's just low no, it's just, effort. It's just bad. It's just this person didn't know what to title this clip, and they thought it was funny that EE got screwed. And it's not even a very good clip, honestly. No. It's just it's like, really, oh, it's just... Batrider blinks in and, and yep. finishes up, takes the Aegis, and then, you know, they kill Batrider, and someone calls GG. It's yeah. like, it's not like, it's not like a really bad play or a really incredible play on anyone's part. Batrider did a good job. But like it's not like it's not like e. you're e. normally really wanting for clips of EE too. It's not like oh no, EE's done nothing on stream today that I could otherwise clip. I have to just right? let's just clip a Roche steal. <laughs> there's a there's a great clip actually that is pretty high on R slash Dota two right now of EE saying like why are you guys backing? We shouldn't back and then like pings the Shadow Shaman's like look at this idiot and then immediately gets <laughs> murdered. <laughs> yes, that that that's a great envy moment and it's not yeah. like. Because it's not bashing Envy, people are like, okay, yeah, actually, Envy was right here, and it's just, you know, people in pubs not being coordinated and being idiots. But at the same time, maybe Eternville Envy is being the dummy here because he's expecting, you know, these people on the C server that he's raged against already to, like, listen to him. Which... And, I mean, a lot of them don't speak English. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, it's... There's, there's it's like... Good. Yeah. There, there are ingredients, there are various ways you can make a good 50-50 or just a good Envy clip in general. This is not a good anything. Yeah. This is trash. Clear Sky TV, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is not to discourage people from clipping their own 50-50s. Obviously, you're going to have failures at some point, but you have to start. You shouldn't. It's okay to make a clip and not call it a 50-50. Huh? This is a great low-effort clip of an Aegis steal. I wouldn't want to watch this. But you could, like, you need some, you need practice, and this is not, you can't just give one thing when you're trying to practice your 50-50s. You take the clip, and from that, you develop. It's like this person took the title, Envy's Roche gets stolen by Batrider, and put that. That was their idea. But you got to start with a clip. Start with a source. And let me tell you, let me tell you an inspiration little tidbit here, readers. Readers. Listeners, you're not readers. Sorry, that's a, that's an idle thumbs no, thing. People my just bad. read the transcript on bottlecrowwiki.com. On my shelf is a book. The book is called The Citadel. It is a Dragonlance novel written by Richard Knack. This is a terrible book. Is that like the item? It's not related to Dota. Oh, okay. It's an old D&D <laughs> thing. Anyway, this is a bad book. This is a very bad book. And the reason it's on my shelf is because I try to write things sometimes. I try to write articles. I try to write fiction. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not very good at this, you know? We all have crises of self-confidence. And when I'm at my lowest and I'm like, I don't even know if I should be doing this, I look at that shelf and I look at that book by Richard Knack and I'm like, if that, if this piece of garbage can get printed and sold, I can do it too. <laughs> Guys, this terrible 50-50 by Clear Sky TV made it. It got published on the internet. It got talked about on a podcast. If this idiot can do it, you can, you can too. too. Pull through. Let's all try to... Let's. We, sh, we, we were the real 50-50 the whole time. Hmm. So what's the news this week, Nick? News. Well, there's just so much going on. So much. It was like one day ago, I guess, that our actual major news got talked about. I guess we'll start off. We got a little bit more pro news. MVP Phoenix's current ish squad yes i believe is now called immortals mm -hmm. there was another well, immortals before n no you're there was not an immortals dota before immortals is the name of a larger organization that took that like did 
incredibly Wait, well in League of Legends. This there's is a we've big, talked about it before. Okay. That's yes. Fine, yeah. Yes. They're 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 like the big like multiple like CEO yeah, yeah. huge ass team. That's oh um, yeah we talked about when they're yeah they had like an interview with the CEO, their founder. Okay, that's mm-hmm, where I knew mm-hmm. them from. Yes. Yeah. So they and now have, they're moving into. They've done it. They've bought it. And MVP they have. Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's really interesting. I think. I wonder what I want to see is how much of a difference the organization makes. I feel like this is a really good test case because I think the players on MVP Phoenix are good, right? But I don't think they're going to win a whole lot of turn. I think they're sort of like, they're like, I, I abuse the tier terminology to no end, yeah, but like are. tier 1.5, they're kind of like right they're, huh? Sometimes yeah. they're in, sometimes they're out. I mean, right now it's Frev, QO, Velo, Febby, Dubu, and Ryzen. So y- you got stuff there. Ryzen's the same. Yeah. Um. And I mean, you know, they had a good run back at uh, TI six and stuff. You yeah. know, they had they did some stuff. Um. And I'm wondering if the Immortals organization versus the MVP organization, if there's suddenly gonna, if we're gonna see them get a lot better because they've got better support or something. I wonder if we're gonna see a change. Because it's always hard to know how much of an effect good management and good, you know, like team conditions have because you don't really have a control group. And this isn't yeah. this isn't perfect science, but this is this is closer than we've gotten before. This is a good opportunity to see because Immortals, like my understanding is the Immortals organization does not spare a lot of expense, you know, I would imagine if they're, you know, through this big, you know, young venture funded type deal. Yeah, they're they're not interested in the short term. They're trying to. Throw all the money in it. And a lot of the time when you have these teams change, like, it's either in the middle of a season and they're scrambling for a sponsor, like NP and Cloud9, or in the process they lose or gain a few players. But this is, like, this is right at the start of the season. They are not in the middle. This is in the middle of a bunch of chaos. Their roster is not changing. And so I feel like we'll get a a better, maybe get a better sense of, of how this goes. Yeah. I mean, MVP, the organization itself, is... It's like the main Dota that we know from Korea for the most part, mm-hmm. but I think we've we've heard them talk about before. Like, yeah, they're they're a major organization and all. However, they're still kind of small when it comes to things. So, be interesting to see. So the uh, qualifiers um, information for Dream League uh, got revealed. Indeed, season eight, and uh, so it's specifically they talked about. Um, I want to talk about, I guess I'll talk about both EU, CIS, and uh, NASA, um, which those are the four regions that they're doing. Um, I feel like uh, EU and CIS, especially EU, is exactly what you would expect, right? EU is liquid OG secret, and then whoever wins the open qualifier. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's who you would invite. Um, and then uh, CIS is Virtus Pro, Empire, Vega, and then whoever whoever would win the open qualifier there. Um, I'm not sure if the current incarnation, what the current incarnation of Alliance is considered. Maybe they're open qualifier. Um, I, well, they're obviously open qualifier, but are they EU or CIS? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I know that Navi is obviously not on here, and they're considered uh, CIS. I yeah. saw a decent series the other day where they beat Empire, but you know that could easily be a fluke um well not a fluke but like not not super repeatable let's say yeah. um i don't know never never have faith in navi anymore you're just gonna let yourself down just gotta let the results speak for themselves 
Uh, but there are two things that interest me uh, in the North America and South America qualifiers. In the North American qualifiers, the teams that are invited are EG, DC, the open qualifier team, of course, and the Dyer, which is PPD's new team. Yes. Interesting naming. It's interesting because it's a team with no results. Yeah. You know? It's and got like, the star power and not much more. Right. And it's, it's you know... I mean, hey, if nothing else, you're going to have the star power, right? Like, if you're yeah, if I mean, your goal I mean, as a tournament... Why. Yeah, it's just like, well, we're going to have these big names here, and that'll draw some viewers. But, like, I don't know. Like, privately, we've shared doubts about whether PPD... How PPD is going to do coming back after his time away, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, especially with a whole new squad, it's not like... I mean, he's he's got sign and stuff, and he knows people, and he's probably played with some of the other ones before, too. Who knows? But, eh. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm going to be reserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, uh, one of the things is that in none of these is uh, Team Wii, whatever they're actually going to be called, yeah. uh, represented, which, I don't know. I feel like you give you give that team a, I don't know. I think I think they're underrating that team. I think Cancel's a really great player. I think Wii's a really great player. I think there's, you know, Soxa. I mean, like, there's some amazing people on that team. Yeah, it's hard um, at the start of the, the season to know. I, yeah. I kind of. I mean, they invited PPD though. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe just because NA they didn't know what to do. <laughs> so PPD. Oh, in there. We'll we'll invite complexity. Uh, hmm. Now, even more unproven, when we go over to South America, yeah. um, we have Infamous, which yeah, we've seen, we've seen them around. We've got SG Esports. I think they disbanded, and this is a new roster. Is that right? I think so, because we mentioned that SG was gone. So. Uh-huh. Um, we've got the open qualifier team and we've got DCSA, which, you know, obviously D like digital chaos, South America. Mm-hmm. Um, who is this? Uh, we, I'm, hmm. Liquipedia says it's HFN Atun King Tekka, which I've heard of Matthew and King RD. I, I have no idea. Huh? Yeah. I'm looking Two at Brazilians this. Two um, and three Peruvians. Yeah, I know King Tekka, and I might know Matthew, or I might not, just because the name Matthew yeah. is common. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't. I, mean, I, I missed the announcement. If this was there was an announcement, there must have been. Yep. But yeah, um, I don't know. This is. Uh, oh, it was on the day that I moved. Okay, ah. that's why I didn't see it. Um, but I, it's really exciting to see like bigger esports organizations investing in South America. I think there's there's about to be like a, a renaissance there. I think there's going to be some major teams in the coming years coming out of South America. Um but it seems like putting like I don't know. I I guess I guess like Dream League can afford to to take some chances on some people, but it feels like they're kind of putting the cart before the horse to me. Yeah, um, to not just have more open qualifier spots for a well, I don't know, for a, a general like America's qualifier mm-hmm. and then a different yeah i don't know we'll have to see see how the south american competition steps up once they get to the main event for sure for sure and i mean you know i honestly i would do that with with other regions as well like i don't know i feel like like vega doesn't necessarily need the invite i don't i don't have a problem with vega i just feel like they're like they would either win an open qualifier or they shouldn't be there you know yeah. Like these are like I feel like part of the point of of these invites is either they're like they're stars and you want to make sure they're there for the um 
you know, for like the popular and viewer support, which I don't necessarily think VG or Vega Squadron commands. No. And, or it's like, well, they're going to definitely get through open qualifiers, so let's not waste their time, right? Mm. And I don't know that Vega is, like, guaranteed to get through qualifiers. I mean, like, they didn't go to TI. You know, there was a different, you know, like, there were some, some other teams that made it over them. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I think it's just a case of, you know, it's early on. Whoever's deciding invites is doing it somewhat scattershot. Yeah. Can't draw yeah, too much fair. from it. And, you know, like, like Dream League is, you know, we get some good matches out of Dream League, but it's not like the most, like, nail-biter of a tournament, so. Yeah. It's just it's fine. good constant Dota. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Tell me about some pro drama, Nick. <laughs> well, thank goodness we have a little bit of pro drama to talk about. There's been, you know, lately, of course, uncovered by Reddit and stuff, a little bit uh, going on with XOG player Ana. Who's, who's taking a break this season, in that his basically agent who kind of got him into the scene and, like, he, like, gave him a room to live in and stuff and, like, really coached him and got him into the pro scene, they, they had, like, some sort of agreement about legitimately 10% of his winnings, thank you puppy, uh, going to the agent for, like, until he turned 18 or something like that. And... Once he actually like got on OG and they won the Boston Major and stuff, if they just conveniently didn't do, it's it's a little bit sketchy. Like the actual guy himself, uh, what's his name? Don't remember the agent himself. Actually came on Reddit and said like, yeah, yeah, this is kind of legit. I mean, it wasn't really about the money, but it kind of sucks that once big money started being thrown around, he just kind of forgot about me. Not even mm-hmm. OG reimbursed him, so. A little bit of nonsense to look at. And, I don't know, I I don't know what to think about all of this, I guess, because, like, I mean, one, we haven't heard from Anna, right? Yeah. And I would like to hear Anna's side of things. Um, But I do think, like, I don't know, I, I'm curious about this deal, it seems kind of weird to me. Like, why? Ten percent of your winnings is like like that's not a super small amount for a multiple major winner, you know? Like, and my understanding, like, did he continue to do things after Anna left to like work at the like the OG team house or whatever? Like, I think I he, think that was like part of his payment. I mean, we know very little, but you could reasonably like have a contract that says, hey, I will help you do this thing. And in return for X amount of years, you like I get 10 percent of. Oh, sure. I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a this is a like this contract is wrong. I'm saying like this seems like maybe kind of a, it, it. I want to use more mild language, but I don't know how to phrase it except for a language that is a little abrasive. So I apologize. I am not trying to accuse anyone of anything. As a person who doesn't know contracts, this seems like maybe a slightly exploitative contract. To me. Mm-hmm. Now, what is being described as to what was, was given to Anna by this by this agent, if that's, if that's all accurate, seems like he did a lot. For, for Anna yeah. to get Anna, you know, out, out in there in the Dota 2 pro scene, 
and that's that's awesome. And this guy deserves absolutely to be paid for it. I would wager he deserves an apology as well. Um, but you know, I can't demand such yeah. things. But also, ten percent of of those winnings, like that's that's probably close to like that's like fifty thousand dollars or something, right? I have no idea. <laughs> probably considerable. Uh, yeah. It seems like estimate is around sixty thousand. Yes, sixty thousand U.S. dollars, which yeah. is like that's not that's not peanuts, you know. Yep. Um, and to me, if he didn't continue to be his agent slash manager after Anna left the house, that seems like a bit much to me. If that was the cost of getting him into the Dota scene, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about this. Yeah, I, don't know I mean, this could me. all be could all be bullshit. You know, have to wait for an official response, or they'll just handle it privately because Reddit doesn't have to be a part of everything that goes on. Totally, totally. And I, I fully encourage them. <laughs> like, I would, I would post a thing just saying, you know, like, like Anna just saying yep. we've taken care of it or something, so that Reddit gets off of his case. Um, but yep, please settle settle your private affairs. It's if you put it out in the open, we'll talk about it on this podcast because we need something to talk about because there's no fucking patch. But it's kind of none of our business also. Yeah. Um, it's If you make it our business, we'll talk about it. But if you don't, rock on. Um, that's Dota News in a nutshell. <laughs> if you tell us, we'll talk about it. But also, if you don't, that's fine, too. We'll find other things to, to bitch about. Unless, of course, you're telling us or not telling us about how the new pro scene is gonna work. Which is our one cause... piece of legitimate news. Thank God. Hey. So we finally got some news on the Dota 2 Pro Circuit. That is the official name. Indeed. And there's some things that have changed. First off, since I think it was like Cyborg <laughs> tweeted a picture of a piece of paper with a preliminary schedule. Right now it's now eleven majors and thirteen minors. It's what we currently have and we don't quite know all the organizers too some things have changed since that initial schedule was treated out and also we t- we talked about what the blog post said they were going to do for this season and one of those things they said that they were going to do is that of course you know you get points right and then points stay with players and then the top three point contributors in a team can actually like contribute to a team's total and we talked about how that might matter, like approaching TI and stuff. However, there was the caveat that you get more points from tournaments that are closer to TI, which totally makes sense because, hey, if you win six tournaments in the first half of the year and then you just screw off, <laughs> like just leave the scene, then you would like automatically possibly get invited to TI, which seems a little bit weird. Like that's not how it's ever worked with the kind of like qualitative system we've used before, which is like, hey, who's been doing well recently? And, you know, whoever Valve decides that. But they just totally removed that. So it's now totally based on prize pool. There's no ramp up whatsoever as you get closer to TI. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. Kind of negative. It seems like a mistake. Um, But, I don't know. It, it could encourage people to be a little less... Like it might it might do things to to to, to lessen team shuffles because if it's like, I mean you know if you if you've got a team 
that won a couple of tournaments and you're not doing well, right? It's like, oh, we're not doing very well now, but like, but we've got enough people to get invited to TI. Let's just stick it out. Um, and try I, and make hmm. it work. Let's let's maybe let's skip a couple of tournaments closer to TI. Let's boot camp. Let's get our get our minds straight. We can afford to skip a few tournaments because we've got the points and we can take the time and figure our shit out and come into TI stronger than ever. But maybe they're not stronger than ever. Maybe they're like shit now. I mean, that could happen to anyone though. But you would like, know about it because they've been playing. Would you? You would. would you? They don't do well in the the major before TI. Every year, though, every year we get teams that come into come into TI like on a hot streak, like you know, killing it right before TI, and then they fall apart. There's so much of a TI meta. But the invites, I mean, this year they were pretty spot on. I'm pretty sure. That's true. I don't remember the invites were pretty good this year. That's true. I I don't know. It it feels a little bit weird. The thing is, it feels weird because it's the smart thing to do for the. Hmm, for the business side of things because if like who wants to run a tournament that's earlier in the year if it gives less points like pros will be sure. less motivated to go to live like ah i'm gonna take another week or two of vacation instead of going to this thing because it gives a fifth of the points that the one right before ti does and then your organizer is unhappy because they don't get as many viewers not as much money you know so it makes sense for them that hey every tournament is equal it just depends on your prize pool Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to correct you real quick. You said eleven majors and thirteen minors. It's sixteen minors. Sixteen minors. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, and it is also, I feel like, worth noting that one of the minors on January fourth through January seventh is the Moonduck Studios Captain's Draft two point That's going to be a oh, minor. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's another question and, we had. And that's really interesting because it opens the room for gimmick miners right yeah like captain's draft is a kind of a goofy tournament like what if midas mode is a minor right i was just saying midas mode minor that would be like, great it would be great i would be really excited by that yeah and i feel like it would it would help them you know like get a, a bigger spotlight on those tournaments um Sykes's name is already in the aegis we need to just keep pushing him into the more legitimate <laughs> side of the scene even more it's it's really interesting. Like we're looking at like I'm looking at the the various organizers, and you're seeing a lot of expected names. You're seeing Starlighter, PGL, ESL, Dota Pit, Perfect World. Obviously, Epicenter gets their own major. Um, and then we're also seeing like the the locations for these. And this is the part that I've the, of what they've revealed that I find really encouraging. So a lot of these inform a lot of this information is still pending. But let's list off some locations. Ukraine, Romania, Germany, Croatia, China, U.S., Singapore, Philippines, Russia. Like, we're going everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. That's really exciting. Yep. Money um, around the world. And I, I really hope that that's, like... And you, you, we have tournaments like the the um, Manila Major was just delightful. Yeah. And I really think there's there's, like... A lot of these scenes, a lot of the times when we take Dota tournaments to places where there haven't been big tournaments before, I really think they're going to step up. Yeah. And it can be more and interesting. I mean, there's plenty of like bonus content to make, too. It's like, hey, here we are. You've never heard totally. of this place. Or like, you know, heard of what this place is. We got more stuff to talk about on the English stream, at least. I would love to see someone try and get 
uh, Japan into Dota, but I don't think that's going to happen. Good luck uh, with that. Yeah, yeah, and there is there was a Dota tournament run by a guy. I I'm gonna get some of these details wrong. There was like there was a Dota tournament that got a ticket approved, where the winner got like a load of fish that the tournament <laughs> organizer had fished up. He was just a Japanese fisher, um, which is incredible. That's great. Um, so yeah, I I really want to see like more globalization. There are some uh world changes, however. That were interesting. Really? Uh-huh. I think I think the main one... Um, well, okay, there are two that, that caught my interest. One of them is that you get a point penalty to everyone on the team if you use a sub. Oh, soap. right. Yeah. In, in the, the main event. The right. Main part. Um, if you use a sub in the land portion of the event... Your main players earn 75% points, and the sub will earn 50% points. And if you use more than that, everyone earns 25%, which yeah. is savage. Um, that's vicious. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, like, I guess, like, uh, the part of me that makes, like, part of me is like, okay, that's great. Encourage teams to, you know, like, not, you know, to stick together and whatever. But it's like, we have so many visa issues in the Dota scene. This seems like a really, a really harsh penalty for people who have issues just because the government decides they can't leave the country. Like this is, yeah, rough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, Valve saying, "Hey, play." Actually, like if you qualify for a thing, you have to actually go to the thing with the team that you qualified with. And I, yeah, I just. If if there were if there were no visa issues, this would all be fine with me. But with the with the existence of visa issues, this this I don't have a better solution necessarily. But yeah, it seems it harsh. is a bummer. I'm sure there's um, going to be situations that are less than ideal with this. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is that captains. Oh are, right. Excuse me. Coaches are now allowed in the drafting phase. During the drafting phase, your coach can be in the room and talking and giving advice on the draft. Yeah. Once the game starts, they're kicked out, but the draft is now a six-man event. It's it's a pretty big change. It's It feels gigantic yeah. to me. Um, it feels like, like the kind of people you want to hire as coaches, just like... like the position of the coach just got elevated massively. Like, like if my, my first reaction to this was like, shit, PPD shouldn't have fucking gotten into, he should like, (laughs) he would be one of the most coveted coaches. People would pay tons to get PPD as a coach. It's also not really clear though. Like what, what the, the coach moniker means. Like some teams have multiple coaches. Can you have multiple coaches in there? It's just one. Can you have a special drafting coach? Like that's what most people do, I imagine. Hmm. We'll see. I mean, my impression of of coaches was always, and this you know, this could be naive or whatever, or just ignorant of me. But my assumption was that, like, I mean, there were managers, and then there was a coach, and the coach was usually a former player or a current player who's who's just not in this tournament, um, who is like watching the games and after the game being like, you know, like having being able to see the forest because they're not up against the trees, right? Is yeah. a big thing that the coaches offer. And it's just sort of like having this additional perspective of a person who knows Pro Dota, who can play at this level, who is like 
able to offer advice, who is able to like be like, hey, you guys are not communicating well in your scrims. You guys really need to work on this and just sort of is is this additional perspective on things and has a, just like has attachment, but has also enough detachment to make decisions that they wouldn't be able to see themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you would necessarily need multiple of those. The I mean, more it the hurt, sometimes. I mean, you got to like sure, traditional sports got assistant coach. <laughs> sure, infamous for well, they just they spring for three coaches. I don't know. Infamous. I, I meant they, uh, they, I was gonna say they know something I don't, but probably they know a lot of things that I don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't um, know much. So you know, yeah, it's, but that's a it's that's a, it's a bold change. I think it's great. Perhaps we would the have draft. not seen Winter Wyvern so much in TIC. Seven. Yeah, I mean, like, drafting has gotten so... I mean, it's always been so critical. Yeah, it's always been so critical, but it's to a point where, I mean, like, like when Crit moved to position four and he did the, like, brief little interview, I think I talked about it on the podcast before, but where he's like, I think Fear's going to be a great captain and I won't have to draft, and then also he can draft and I won't have to draft, and maybe I won't have to draft because I don't want to draft. It's just like, oh boy... I really hurt your psyche, and like, I sympathize. That's rough. I picked a winner wyvern, a first pick in a in a game. The other player immediately picked Skywrath Mage. I had a very bad game. I had a very bad game. Yeah, yeah, I, and I can totally understand like a captain who can do everything else, but draft. Like that's it's another skill you have to have, and it's hugely important. But you know. The more help with that, the better, for sure. Especially perspective and like targeting different teams and stuff. A coach could be very useful for that. And the other thing I wonder is there's a there's a concept in in Dota to an extent of as above so below. Is eighty twelve gonna say like, oh, okay, you can have a coach, but they're gonna have to leave during drafting? Are there gonna be <laughs> like, is this gonna start to be a thing? I mean, I think it only applies for lands. You could have like 10 people mm. on a team technically and we all just play at the same computer. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's not like, you know, we have to have our fate our like surround 360 cameras on at all times when we queue for our amateur Dota league. So that's true. I should start inviting my mom in and ask yep. her what she thinks. What do you think about this hero? Uh, I used to be able to get Emily's console, but now, now <laughs> not an option. So it sounds like we've exhausted all of our, our real news. And now <laughs> Everything we're on to the stalling portion in Dota. of the show. So, folks, Ice Frog isn't going to patch Dota 2. No, it's it's a fact. Got to accept it. So, we had to do it ourselves. If you want something done right, got to do it yourself. Which is why I bring to you today part one. We may have to do this again next week. <laughs> oh, part God, one please. of the asymmetry update. Oh, I like it. We have a Ags of the Week for you in the form of Arc Warden, and we also have changes to the Dire versus Radiant advantages. Yes. Map changes. That's, it's been a while. Now, I'm going to guess that my map changes are crazier than yours, but your Ags is crazier so. than mine. Yep. So how about you do your, your map, and I'll do my map, and then I'll do my Ags, and you do your Ags. Good. I like this. Here we go. Oh. So... My asymmetry update map changes. They're they're not traditional, but they're probably not as crazy as yours. So <laughs> there's now a tunnel from the north side dire shrine to the south side radiant shrine, and in the middle spawns a bounty rune. 
how would you I I also considered the possibility of tunnels. How would you show that on the map? How does that work? I don't think you do. I think you just don't. I think once you get into the tunnel, you just have a separate like little overlay appear over the mini map, like transparency and it shows this corridor. Or maybe you don't even What do you do it. for spectators? You can have it go transparent. Okay. 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 Not the most elegant of solutions, no. but okay. <laughs> I, I had this thought. I'm like, hmm, how does smoke work? And I'm like, wait, hmm, I'm not actually, I'm not pushing this to the live servers yet, so I'll, I'll determine that. <laughs> Next up, there is now an attic to the fountain. Climb on up the ladder and through the trapdoor to enjoy all the amenities of your allied attic. Free snacks and beverages, musty old cardboard boxes, unlimited vision of your base, and if you right-click an enemy hero within a thousand units of your fountain, you can get the jump on them, which means you launch yourself at them and you gain true strike on one attack. So you're Monkey King. Yes. Okay, got it. But you also have vision up there. It's a, it's a little bit of a counter fountain dive type deal. Because then the enemy would have to take the time to actually climb up the ladder to your attic if you're hiding up there. So that's both sides have that? Yes. Okay. Yep. Now we move on to the more specific changes. On the Radiant side, wards on the Radiant side give 100 more vision. Their range is increased by 100. Hmm. Trees grow back twice as fast. And something that we'll return to, uh, to on the dire side, surfs up. Every four minutes when the time of day shifts, a massive wave of water, nourishing water for all these plants, springs forth from the Radiant Fountain, and it rushes down the lanes to the river. Creeps get pushed along, and you have to be standing on a plateau that surrounds every structure. It, it's just like an effective thing. It doesn't actually change high ground. To avoid being swept 2,500 units towards the river. Man, you're going to make my changes look kind of mild actually <laughs> you went pretty clowny moving on to the dire side oh it, it gets better later don't worry for our eggs all wards decay more quickly minus one minute to obs and minus 30 second on sentries okay don't place support on dire got it <laughs> well no all wards so if radiant places a word on dire it also decays faster so don't play a support on dire got it okay all healing is reduced by 10 percent on the dire side <laughs> I just added this Nick. after I realized, hmm, I don't have enough. <laughs> it's a tough it's tough out there, man. It's dire. <laughs> Things are it's looking dire. Also, the floor is lava. Every four minutes when the time of day shifts, stand by the rock plateau surrounding every structure or in the river to avoid taking one percent of your HP per second for thirty seconds. Nick, that fucking sucks. <laughs> What? You, you just gotta run back to your tower a little ways. Or I, buy a shrine. There's shrines Dota's, everywhere. Your version of Dota is unplayable. What are you talking about? This is dynamically updating the map. It's more asymmetric now. You got more things going on. You have asymmetry and that you have water coming and then you have the floor is lava. But at the same time, you have a certain similarity, but that similarity only serves to contrast the further changes. And also, it makes it harder to jungle. Nick, do you want to hear my dire advantage? Please. When you are buffed by a shrine, when you're healed by a shrine, your auto attacks hit 10% harder for 30 seconds. That's it. That's my entire <laughs> That's dire, dire advantage. Dire you crazy person. <laughs> That's all I have left. So go, 
take it take it away. Okay. My radiant one is a little more involved though. <laughs> okay. Um so on radiant the barracks will now spawn a new creep. Okay. Once you once your barracks are destroyed, this creep will no longer spawn. This creep is Oh shit, I just broke my phone. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hmm. Did you okay. just like flake off the, the? It slid underneath the leg of my chair, and the screen is very screwed up. Oh, that's unfortunate. Hmm. Well, anyway, the show um, must go on. <laughs> that sucks. So the rack spawns a new creep. This creep, uh, when it doesn't spawn with every wave, I think probably it only spawns like a, a, a the next wave after. And we'll have to figure out the interval, but basically, okay. once it is killed, it will spawn uh, like a little bit after that, maybe one or two waves after that. Okay. And this creep spawns only in mid, and it takes a few steps, and then it marches off into the jungle. And it goes on a preset patrol through the jungle, a circuit, and it just keeps running that. It is stronger than your average creep. And also, it is it is melee. If it sees an enemy, like a creep, it will aggro to that enemy and chase them. Once that's over, it goes back to its circuit. Also, if it goes and chases an enemy and it starts hitting them, once it gets in melee range, it has an ability that automatically dusts them. So basically, it just runs a circuit around your jungle making sure you're okay <laughs> so, in there. So it you're can't just see saying, you if, you, if, if you're, you're invisible, on the radiant, it can't see you, you should but jungle. if you are seen. I, it just, you know, you should be safe in there. <laughs> you should you jungle if you're on the Radiant now. We are League of Legends. I mean, probably killing that guy is worth a decent amount of money. Okay, okay. You could probably, you could, if you're dire, and I mean, you that's a advantage. huge CM buff, because CM will just kill that creep with Frostbite. A dire CM, sure. A dire CM, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but but then also, you know. You know. Maybe she'll get caught in the jungle. Maybe she'll get dusted and she can't get away with all of her stealth Of abilities. course, all of the items that she has. The thing that I wanted to consider was that, like, back when the Roche adva- there was, like, the Roche advantage, like, mm-hmm. people mostly picked Ursa on Dire, right? True. And I wanted to get that kind of dynamic back, where there's this idea of, yeah. like, I want to pick a hero. Like, this hero's a good hero, but, like, oh, man, I'm on Radiant? I can totally pick a jungler. I've got someone watching my back. Or like, you know, I'm on Dire. I probably don't want to pick as many magic damage heroes because of the shrine damage buff. Hmm. And it's not necessarily going to make a decision, but it can help sort of nudge you one way or the other. It'll tick the percentage points. It'll tickle them. Now, similarly, my Arc Warden Ags idea works differently depending on whether you're on Radiant or Dire. You said you joked that you were going to do this. But yeah, that was a joke. That's right. Yep. Okay. Totally. Take it. Take totally it a joke. Regal me. So, on Radiant, it's a very simple change. Your Tempest Double duration does not tick down while the Tempest Double is within 800 units of the original. Wow. It's pretty good. That's that's OP. <laughs> It could make it 500 units. It's OP. <laughs> um, you know, eh, it's fine. But but that is fine, yeah. 
Um, and so that's sort of, I was thinking of that as more of like a, a physical damage. Like, obviously, you get some utility from Tempest Double, but you also get double the right clicks. Yes. Um, so that's kind of like, that's kind of like your, your physical damage, Ember, right? Yeah. And on Dire, uh, instead what it does is it makes Spark Wraith, instead of having a two-second activation, it has a 0.5-second activation, and Whoa. its range is global. Whoa. <laughs> So that's your magic damage, Amber. That thing's got... You're like a... You're a global techies. I like it. I mean, you can see them. You're a global techies. You could just... It has a pretty short cooldown when it's maxed. It does. That's true. That's great. You're just... And also... You better have a four-stop and a dagger and a refresher orb. Through talents, you can buff it up to do, uh, I think at level 25, 530 damage? Yeah. Magical. That seems good. Just, seems, seems good, man. Just like here's the new Sunstrike. Have fun, <laughs> boy. I I can just imagine a clip where like an Arc Warden boxes a really low support in and just slowly keeps the box moving in, <laughs> just sitting in base. The more mini games we have in Dota, the better. Absolutely. Okay. So, Colin. I'm going to start talking. While while I do that, you can go ahead and click on the link so you can you can see the ideas because I have a little bit of supplementary information as we move on. I have three different ideas for an Arc Warden Ags. Let's start off with a boring one. Tempest Dupe. While your Tempest Double is active, activate it again to swap set in his clone, and that can occur once per double, so like once per duration of a clone. Which I think like could be interesting for 4200 gold. You could do some some cool plays with that. As you like, try to split push, and then like, oh, it's just the double, and then you just swap in, and then you're good. It it also kind of breaks TP because you could TP a clone somewhere, swap through the clone, and then you could just use Arc Warden's boots of travel to come back. I it's the boring option, anyways. Let's move on to a better version, Tempest Triple, because Arc Warden is just it's way too easy to play. Like, there's not enough that you have to do with him. So let's let Tempest double, cast Tempest triple, and then you just have three three Arc Wardens. Sure, seems, why not? Seems good. But, this is Dota. That, sound, that sounds a little, little too boring still. Let's move on to the betterest version. Something I like to call Tempest Cascade. First off, we're going to buff the duration of Tempest double to 25 seconds. Right now it's, I think, a 19 at max level, or like 18. And, Reduce the cast time to zero, because right now I think it has a little bit of a cast animation. So now, Zet's Tempest Double can cast Tempest Triple, and the Tempest Triple can cast Tempest Quadruple, and the Tempest Quadruple can cast Tempest Pentuple, and this can repeat infinitely. However, the duration of each clone is halved on each cast. Now, I, okay. I gave you a little bit of info on this on the Slack earlier because I had to discover what the tick rate of Dota 2 servers are. Because you got to figure out, okay, we have this thing that repeats infinitely. How deep can we go? How many clones can we summon at once? So we got to do a little bit of math here. It turns out, because we have a 30 hertz like tick rate of average, I think, on the Dota 2 servers, and this is kind of confirmed by Pitmunkle, so I'm more, more confident on it, we have this 30 hertz server tick rate, which means every 33.3 milliseconds, the Dota 2 server sends you like an update to the game. So I, I did a little bit of MATLAB here. Turns out if you have, you know, 
doing a thing where you have a previous thing, that's like an exponential de decay. So we start off with 25, and then you have that duration for the Tempest triple. So it turns out you can summon up to a Tempest deck couple, a 10th clone, and that clone will have a duration of 48.8 milliseconds. But once you move on to an 11th Tempest clone, the duration is only 24.4 milliseconds. And that's shorter than the actual tick rate of the server, so you won't actually be able to see the clone when it's summoned. However... I see. We, we, we talked about this a little bit, I think, during our, you know, our TI casts. The prize pool was $24.8 million. Valve got like $75 million for this international. And honestly, like, I don't understand how we're stuck in the Dark Ages here on a 30 hertz tick rate server. We got to move up to 60 hertz. We deserve it, right? We deserve it as a community. It's time for Valve to stop just sitting there, the greedy bastards, actually spend some of their money, do some actual work. Move us up to 60 hertz, because then you can summon a Tempest undercouple, an 11th clone, or... If, you know, they really do what they should and we get 120 hertz tick rate servers, then we have 12 Tempest clones at once. You can have 13 units controlled by Arcordon. And I, I've processed this in MATLAB. I did a little bit of uh, some plotting there for you. So you can see as we go down, the first is a log plot scale, so it's straight. And the second one is actually just linear plot. So you can see the exponential decay. And so you can see, like, we, we could summon so many clones Two more clones if we go from 30 hertz tick rate to 120 hertz. And I think this is what we need for the asymmetry update. Because although these clones are the same, they're also very different. They're also very asymmetrical from each other because of their duration. And also, I mean, flux stacks with itself. Exactly. You could have 12 fluxes on the same person. You could, 13 fluxes. You could just almost instantly summon 12 spark wraiths. 13. And if you also have my other eggs, that's pretty good. Yep. Yep. Huh. What do you think? Should I should I push it? Push the patch? I think I think I think there's one change we need to make, and this may be a little hard on CPUs. Mm -hmm. Um, but whenever you issue commands to all of them at once, I want them to be offset, like their voice lines to be offset <laughs> just a little bit so that they don't overlap. Mm-hmm. So like like instead of you know you tell them to move and it's not towards synthesis it's towards synthesis. I think that's you know we need to communicate like that's one of the problems with Dota two is when you're moving multiple units there's not necessarily great feedback you need to work on that it does it doesn't feel right 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 yeah so I hope I hope that we can move forward with this we'll see if if Elves steps up their game we will see. Well, folks, I have broken my phone over the course of this podcast, and I think that means it's time to call it. Oh, thanks so much for listening. That's a, that's a kind of sad of pun. Crow. Because it's your phone. Shut up, Nick. And you have to, but you can't call it. <laughs> I don't even have a soundboard here in our field office. Wow. <sighs> that was bad bad podcast thanks so much for listening folks you can find us on itunes google play and stitcher if you want to give us a rating or review there i've forgotten what stitcher is again <laughs> what is stitcher stitcher is just i mean it's a pod it's an rss it's like a thing, thing that serves okay. pod yeah it's just a pod i know i've asked thing. this it's before service but... yeah you know it's the, this, the answer is not very interesting which is why it's not sticking with you yeah um so you can go to itunes google play or stitcher give us a rating or review there you could also tell a friend about us. 
Uh, we would appreciate that. Spread the word, spread the love. Uh, our intro and outro are courtesy of Reddit user Promoti. It is the Harmonies of New Blue Music Pack. It is our intro and outro. I just said that. Um, but you can also find it in-game in Dota 2 if you want to get it for your use there. It is our intro and outro. Our podcast art is courtesy of Ashley Ryan, a.k.a. Smimmy, who can find on uh, Twitter or on Patreon if you want to get a commission of your own. If you want to give us any feedback or anything, you can send an email to bottlecrowreborn at gmail.com or to colin at bottlecrow.com. You could also find our Twitter at, at bottlecrow if you want to, you know, send some ideas, tell us who we should do an Ags of next or something. We're part of uh, Scanline Media. You can go to scanlinemedia.com if you want to see other gaming criticism and podcasts and occasional video content as well. That's scanlinemedia.com. And if you want to chip in and help us cover more stuff you can go to patreon.com slash scanline media any money you give helps us get new hardware and software like well listen a phone isn't really <laughs> isn't really site stuff but hmm it is how um, you conduct your business that's true that's true but i don't i pro- I, I won't use we that did break it on the job are you gonna like sue bottle Crow for workers comp for your phone i, I don't think know you that i can sue myself i don't know that's how that works can i can i sue Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Maybe. Maybe? The answer is that you cannot sue yourself due to self-incrimination, but you could sue yourself in a civil lawsuit. Technically. We'll see you next time. Oh, are we still recording?